welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. The word dance mum has been hijacked by awful shows like Dance Mums and poor behaviour from mums at competitions with Dance Mum encrusted in rhinestones on their back. But it's undeniable that a dance mum is so much more than this stereotype. You see, it's Mother's Day today and I want to celebrate the mums who just want what's best for their child, who know when to push and when to step back. The mums who learn to sew ribbons on ballet shoes and the mums who YouTube how to do the perfect ballet bun. So today I want to celebrate the more balanced dance mums and I couldn't think of a more perfect role model in front of me than my own mum. I am currently sitting in the kitchen with mum recording this very special episode today and usually I don't record and upload on the same day but Mum has been so hesitant because she feels like she has nothing to say, even though I couldn't disagree more. But she's been very hesitant, um, letting me put a microphone in front of her that I kind of had to beg a lot. But what a lot of people don't realise is that mum is the other half of the Balanced Ballerinas brand. My mum, Sharon Canning, is the quieter side of the brand. Whilst I'm always at the forefront of the content we produce... Mum is the one who orders our merchandise. She organises for it to be printed. She posts it off to interstate buyers, makes sure all our accounts are up to date and ensures I have enough money to live and keep doing what I do best, be creative. Mum's also my business partner and the office manager at our studio and a loving mother figure for really over 200 little girls and boys. In my opinion, mum's job in our business we have built together is the harder of the two. And I want to start this podcast by saying, thank you, mum. I truly don't know how you sometimes put up with me. Hey, mum. Hey, Georgia. (laughs) She is so not (laughs) wanting to do this. I'm forcing her. Thank you so much, mum. You're welcome. You're welcome. You may not thank me afterwards, but at the moment. (laughs) That's all right. I'm going to get you to push your microphone up just a little bit higher, though, so we can all hear you because... You have important things to say, I think. First of all, I would love to know, what do you love most about being the desk lady at the studio? Or why do you get called the desk lady at our studio? Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, I am the desk lady. Um, A beautiful little four-year-old about five years ago gave me that name and it still makes me laugh to this day. Uh, All of the children do, however, call me Miss Sharon, but this little one thought... She said to her mum, her mum said to her, what do you what do you love about ballet? And she goes, oh, I love seeing the desk lady every day. <laughs> so it kind of does make me smile and warms my heart that I am it's the desk stuck. lady. But see how important you are. The fact that this little girl was asked what's her favourite part of ballet and her favourite part is seeing you. 
Not me, not her class. I do, you. I do. We also have another little one who likes kicking Miss Georgia out of my office because it's Miss Sharon's office. Yeah. And shouldn't be in Miss Georgia's office. See, at the studio, I reckon you you have rank over me, definitely. Sometimes, sometimes. So what does your day-to-day role look like, Mum? Well, I guess... Um, because a lot of people think we just show up at 3.30 when classes start and that's it. Yeah. Well, I probably should tell you that I really do love what I do. Um, the smiles, the chats and the respect that I feel from both the children and the parents, grandparents and adult ballerinas, um, I really do like. It, it does make me feel that I'm doing something very worthwhile. Um being part of the children's lives is really fulfilling and I love hearing their stories which can sometimes make me laugh and sometimes I probably know more about the parents and things that are going on than I should but I, <laughs> I, I, I do keep it very very private I, tr- I you're promise you're like a vault I am I'm like what's going on with so-and-so you're like none of your business <laughs> and I I suppose I love giving the kids a hug if they need it. You know, if something happens in their little lives, I want they love coming into the studio and it, it just makes them feel that it's a home away from home and that they can come in, they can do a dance class and they feel a lot better when they leave, which is really important to me. So I guess my day is incredibly busy because while I'm doing all of that, we, we start by cleaning the studio, both of us. We don't have professional cleaners. That's us. Someone asked me the other day, who, who's your cleaners? I was like, it's me. Us. <laughs> and so those, when I do see little ones licking mirrors and licking windows, I do go, oh, no, I've got to clean it again. So when people think we're being grumpy, it's only because we have to do it ourselves. We do. Um, I handle all the paperwork, the accounts receivable, payable, bass bookings that need to be made excursions all uniforming costuming end of year drives me absolutely insane with however many hundreds of costumes that we have to prepare for kids but um it's good i'm also the first aid aid lady Mm -hmm. tissue lady and um any other lady that 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 is needed your job is about 10 times harder than me because everyone knows that well everyone at our studio knows that if a child vomits or if they have blood pouring out their nose or if something's going on where do I send them to I'm like outside go see Miss Sharon Georgia runs (laughs) or even I can't even stand their their wobbly teeth it grosses me out and I'm like go show Miss Sharon I don't care (laughs) and then yeah like with the concert time like yes I've got a lot of organization but in regards to costumes that is the bulk I reckon, of the hard work at concert time. And I, I don't know how you do it. And people think that I help you and I don't. I mean, one, because you wouldn't really let me. No, I'm a bit of a control freak. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, I can't help you. But to be honest, I'd be hopeless anyway. So you it do is, have a huge job. It is a bit hard because it was something that I never did for you as a child. I wasn't that mum who um, no. was crazy about costumes and I certainly never did props. I think Georgia had a ball once and that was the extent of a prop to dance with. I can't even believe, like we, mum and I go to a Steadfords now and we see these props that children have on stage, like massive, huge, like it's like a, it's like a production. Um, and I just can't believe 
it's just a bit out of control, I mean, in my opinion, but, on but it's on steroids. But I, I remember even growing up, you were just not having a bar of it. You're like, oh, you said to my ballet teacher, oh, really, does this require a prop? Like <laughs> you were just not into it. Well, I, I just didn't have time for that either with no. three children. Like was my, was my biggest prop... A ball. The ball, yeah, the, the ball. ball, and it was just like a styrofoam ball, probably as big as. I did a, have to put sparkles all over it. Yeah, well, it was you covered it, which was I remember you found that really difficult. You it had to was. cover it in sparkly fabric, and, and the I'm ball arty. was. And you are arty, but that was that was very difficult. And then the ball, it would have been smaller than a soccer ball, like it was tiny. It was, and that was my biggest prop. And then these kids have like huge big props, and they're complaining to their parents about not our students. Actually, that's one thing that we do do at our studio. Um, we've carried on that dislike of props, haven't we? We don't have you know any in our concerts or anything, no. which is wonderful. The the most we have is like a, a bench or a ladder. Mm. Yeah, like we did one year. Mm. But it's funny though. Do you do you have these conversations with parents? I'll say, do you, like oh we don't really do props, and they go, oh. I've actually never really noticed. So isn't that yeah, funny? No, they they go to the noticed. concert and they don't notice that we actually haven't really used props. They haven't noticed. I think with the lighting and the way that we can project things up on the, the back walls makes a huge difference. And it's more about the children. Yeah, It's all about exactly. the dancing. Yeah, and I'd much rather get the dancing down pack than be painting mm. some... Uh, elaborate backdrop although we did have a big box one year that was we very did cute. oh but that was a fluke actually we should tell that story because that's pretty funny so remember I said because I like to make up pretty fun ballets and I was like let's do breakfast at Tiffany's and then you called me and it was really early in the year wasn't it like it was actually Mother's Day Suzanne's was it? had oh, it was too. Mother's Day boxes beautiful yes. Tiffany blue Mother's Day boxes in their window and they were enormous um, yeah, Susan's the women's wear. Yeah, any any size from, oh gosh, the size of a child's cubby house down to the size of a diamond ring box, and so my husband and I went into Suzanne's and asked them <laughs> what they did with those boxes after the Mother's Day promotion, and they said, "Oh, we just smashed them," and I said, "Look, would you mind? Can we um, have them? Donating them to our <laughs> dance studio. We'll come and pick them up." And they said, well, you've got a window of opportunity. We'll have to check with head office, but you've got a window of opportunity on Monday morning. You have to be here at 5.30 and um, bring a big trailer or something. So we did. And we had these amazing boxes, which we flat packed and then put back together again and used them in the junior ballet. And it was the cutest thing ever. Ever. They were perfect. Like you couldn't have picked a more perfect Tiffany blue. And they had big white bows on and them they as did. well. They were beautiful. And then everyone kept going, oh, my gosh, like where did you get these? How did you make mm. the big one? Because the big one was huge. It was like a ch- we children's. We had children come out of it. Yeah, there was about 10 pre-primaries all run out of the big, the big blue box. In Actually, diamond tutus. When I think about all our concerts, that would probably be, probably be one of my favourite they were very cute. Yeah, and then we – and Waste Not, Want Not, um, all those boxes then went on to the local high school which used them. So instead of them just going to the trash, they were used multiple occasions, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's how we do props. We recycle. I would high-five you if I could reach you across the table, <laughs> Mum. <laughs> all about the recycling. does fit in with the balance ballerina's uh, person. Okay, so um, where am I up to? So what I was going to ask you, Mum, 
was, do you think it would be impossible for someone like me to run this kind of business? My oh. answer is yes. Probably, if I'm honest, I would, I would probably say yes, but you're incredibly determined, so maybe not because you would find a way to make it work. I would, but I feel like it would just be so much harder. It would be. Well, I guess having a family member, um, you're always going to go that little bit of an extra distance as in just being an employee of a business, I think. Um, Probably too, it's good in a way that what my strengths are certainly aren't yours and Mm. I stay way away from the ballet studio. My biggest nightmare would be putting on a pair of ballet shoes and trying to take the little ones for five minutes while the teacher's running late. I would absolutely start sweating profusely. Which in seven years you've had to maybe do once or twice. Oh, no, I've done it a couple of times. And I even had a hip-hop teacher once and I was like, oh, "Oh, wow, I so can't do that. He was running late and you called me and I was at our second location and you were like, oh my God, I cannot do this. What do I do? I bri- lucky, lucky we had someone show up. I bribe children. <laughs> I, I, I think you probably could, but I think it would be incredibly hard and I don't think you'd be a happy, balanced ballerina if you had to do it all. That's a good answer, Mum. That is a good answer. That's a very good answer. <laughs> no, very true because I'd have to be micromanaging, I think. Because with you, like as you said, your strengths is in accounting and you're very bright with the numbers and with the figures and you're always, you know, our business is gone, talking shot for a second, strength to strength. And that's nothing, you know, that's it's very easy for that to happen when you can trust the person that's managing your books and you don't have to keep looking at them and let's face it I very rarely look at them because you know I'm very lucky that my mum takes care of it and it's not like your mum's going to rip you off so (laughs) no but I do think it's important too and over the years I have you have a lot better grasp of the financial side of the business it's just as important for you to understand that so while we do understand each other's roles, we certainly stay in our own lanes, which is important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What I meant was like, I can trust you wholeheartedly. Whereas if you were just an, an employee running my books, I, I think I'd have to be checking it all the time. True. And I have and, and I have been given employee of the month on a few occasions, which is hilarious. I well, think it's... For a, while, for a while there. Well, I think I did it for like... Maybe six months in a row, I gave you employee of the month. You did. With a gift. You did. And all the other employees realised that they were never going to get it. (laughs) It was just a joke. Very true. I think it was kind of, I'm sorry, mum, you do so much work. Here's some flowers. I've been a bit slack. (laughs) Here's a candle. I've been a bit slack lately. I think I should. You haven't had it for a while. I'm sorry. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. I have to, that, that You just thought you'd do that, didn't you? So I did. I, I'd uh, get back on the Employee of the Month bandwagon. I did. Always makes me laugh. Okay, I got the message. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make sure Employee of the Month comes back. So, Mum, what's it like working with your daughter? I mean, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to admit I can be a real pain in the butt. Um. No, I think it's I think it's good in some ways. It, it's in the early days we did have to work very very hard at it because when we came to work we had to have a mindset of we are actually at work and we're doing our job and we needed to respect one another in those roles. However, 
as we progressed we got very good at that it was like our our roles were very defined Uh, in the early days not quite so much we tended to bring business home and instead of having mother-daughter relationship outside of the business uh, we tended to cross over into those boundaries and and they needed to be very clearly defined probably the last three or four years we have not done that we never speak about the business unless we meet for lunch and it's a a business meeting meeting, and we sit down and we go through things and we discuss them and then we leave it there we certainly don't bring up our business in family situations or or even if we're out together walking the dogs we don't talk about the business which is really important um there are moments when either of us are I suppose we know what's going on in a family situation so we can actually pick up the slack for one another which is really helpful um and also we know not that we either of us ever take anything to work but it's just nice knowing where each other's heads are at so I think that's definitely a bonus yeah I it's funny like when I you know wrote down this question I I realized actually how hard we have worked on our business relationship we like it was it was really difficult at the start and I think that's also partly because I, I was very young at 23 opening my first business and I don't I'm always the first to kind of say I don't know if I would recommend anybody starting a business that young. I don't know. Which is something that I did tell you. Yes. I felt that you were too young. (laughs) Mum did say that. Mum did say, I feel like you're too young. You know, how about you keep working for a bit longer? But this goes back to Georgia being very determined. Very determined. If I want to do something, I I do it. And yeah, hindsight's great, isn't it? (laughs) It is. And it it can be very lonely running your own business, which is something that unless you've run your own business you don't understand and that's what you you were really worried about that I was I was because I felt that the the dance world the ballet world can be lonely because you make friends and they get shipped off all over the world whether it's cruise ships or Mm -hmm. Moulin Rouge or wherever so those friendships aren't like a normal friendship that you would have so it can be very lonely so then to go out in business for yourself in the same industry it can be very lonely yeah I think any I think any small business where you know your employees are especially like ours like on a contract so they're not we're not in an office sitting around all together all day like I'm sitting by myself most of the time and then in the afternoon with you for a little bit but then I'm teaching so Mm. it is incredibly lonely and you were really worried about that and rightly so and you were right I mean here I am saying I don't think 23 year olds you know should open a business of this magnitude but um yeah I just I think the the point I'm I'm getting across is that we've worked really hard mom I'm really proud like we have worked really 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 hard like let's not pretend that you know we had this perfect working relationship like no, but I, I would actually have to say now that we do. We have a I great I actually one. am so in awe of what you do and the respect that I do have for you. And I'm very, very proud of our business and of you. Thanks, Mum. But this isn't about me. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> it is about me today, isn't it's it? It's all about you. <laughs> it should be. But no, I, you're right. I'm, I'm 
and I think in the last 12 months especially, I've become really proud of what we've accomplished because it's not easy. I think sometimes people think tutus and tiaras and sequins and a bit of ballet is really um, all that it's easy about. and sparkly all the time and it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work and we wear so many hats and and we've really defined our roles in the business, which is so important. And um, and I think we've got a really good working relationship and I'm proud of us too. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, see, and you know what? even just No, but you today. know what? Even us just saying that, like, I think it's really important because when you are in a small business, there's no one else to pat you on the back. No one gives you employee of the month. Like, I give you employee of the month, but that's kind of a joke. But <laughs> there isn't. There's no outside really you know, recognition there. So oh, you've got to pat each other on the back. I, I do feel, though, with some of our parents oh, we do. and, and yeah. our adult ballerinas that come through, they're very grateful for the facilities and the teaching that that they have and they often say to us, thank you. They'll bring us in the occasional cup of coffee or a chocolate or... Yeah. Oh, no, def- it's lovely. definitely, definitely. I think I mean, like, say we you know, like really business orientated things like, yay, we kicked a financial goal this year or yes, yes we've saved so up enough money to buy air conditioning or do you yes. know what I mean? Like those kinds of things, it's important to pat each other on the back it and is. yeah, it is. and celebrate it. Cause I think, you know, otherwise you can just go, okay, what's next? And it's important to stop and celebrate. So very much. Um, let's keep going. Mum, you really weren't a dance mum. <laughs> you really you really weren't um has that made your role in the studio harder or easier in your opinion oh gosh there's just so many components to this one um it's a really good question I would say in the early days I was way out of my depth because I really had no understanding of the dance mum side of things um our studio has probably grown in the way that we really don't have dance mums, so I'm lucky. But I do understand how parents feel when their little ones are committed to a career in dance and the commitment and the dedication that is needed. I do understand that mm. as a dance mum. I don't understand the parents that are obsessive about their children to the extent of living vicariously, living vicariously through. through their child and actually um not not thinking in a in a in a probably a balanced manner as to what's going to happen to that child I, i've seen a lot of children that have grown up that have been taken out of school at the age of eight and nine and put into full-time dance programs and that breaks my heart it's because getting younger these days it is that breaks my heart children need balance they need education and they need to be children they need to be children and you know what I had a three-year-old that started dancing and loved it from the day that she danced but I also had a son in the middle who went through everything what he loved one day he didn't (laughs) like the next when he gave up AFL I cried because I love AFL but it was a time when he was like no I'm going to play basketball now and see, so if you were living vicariously through Alex, you would, I would be like, him. no, you're doing AFL. Like, you're going to be an I AFL would. player. I would. I want a son that plays AFL professionally. I 
<laughs> I did. <laughs> you let it go. I did let it go. And I think that's really important. So, and I, I guess being a dance mum, I supported you and encouraged you and did everything that I possibly could to help facilitate where you wanted to go but also in a very balanced way I can remember asking you every single year are you Mm -hmm. sure you want to go back to ballet and every year you said I do I do yeah that was one of my questions like you you made us write down our goals at the start of each year um we us three kids would sit down so I've got a brother and a sister and you and dad would make us write down our goals and what our plan for the next 12 months is because you know whilst while some kids are very determined and this is what they want to do and while some kids are like you know changing you know their favorite toy and their favorite activity every two weeks it was always really important that you said whatever you do you need to commit to it and you need to commit to it for 12 months and then we reevaluate. so was that did you read that in a parenting book or something or did you just instinctively think, no, the three kids need to sit down and write some goals? No, I think it was something that Dad and I both discussed when you were all very little because um, I wasn't in a financial position when I was a young child to be given opportunities and Dad was kind of a little bit left to his devices. He he used to be one of those little boys that would just hop on his bike and go fishing and go to the beach and... Um, we wanted to be the type of parents that allowed you to 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 chase whatever you wanted to do, basically. So the goal setting was kind of a bit of a way of spying on where your heads were at <laughs> as well. Yeah. Um, so we would go through them with you and say, well, okay, if you want to have a go at that this year, let's look at it. Or if or if you want to. Um, change schools which we never let you except your brother um you know we we asked you why and it was really it was kind of us having a snapshot of where your heads were at at a very early age right through to secondary school that we were able to understand what your thoughts dreams goals and aspirations were I guess Mm. you know it's really funny there's I think because you put all these goals in like glory boxes for us and you gave me mine recently when I moved into my first apartment that would be your memory box. My, was it my memory your oh memory what's a box. what's a glory box that's that's completely different that's that things you put different? in for when you get married love oh okay <laughs> whoops memory haven't, box haven't got one of those you don't I don't have one of those no you don't have one of those oh okay <laughs> That's good. I feel like you would have one of those no, tucked away for me. No, I don't. No? Okay. My memory box had some of the goal setting that you actually made us write down. And and these, I looked at the dates, I would have been probably nine, ten. And it's really funny when I read them now because at the top of the list was become a professional ballerina and it usually had the Australian ballet. But underneath that, there's one, and I was actually trying to find it, before you came over but there was one that had a lot of them had sort of the theme was writing like write a book I'd like to write a book one day and I'd like to be a journalist and I'd like to you know remember I used to have that at the bottom Mm, too and there was actually one that was like go to Africa and be a journalist in a third world country Mm. and like isn't it funny I love that I have those now because with hindsight like I look back at that and I'm like okay I may not have become a professional ballerina but I am practicing and teaching ballet and I've been to Africa 
teaching ballet and that was I guess a little bit of a you know um a, a trip that that's along those lines of those goals I set when I was nine mm. and then between the podcast and the blog and everything like that's journalism like isn't it funny how mm, it is how that works out like that that's it crazy so I'm glad you made me write it down I'm glad I did too because <laughs> it's fun to look back at so like how important is it that you know you let your children find their own path oh it's very important um you know it's it's something that they need to find on their own whether like you said you you wanted to be a professional dancer but the path that you've chosen gosh it's rewarding and Mm. it's inclusive too it makes you feel part of a community that you love and it did take a little while for you to fall back in love with dancing after you decided that you didn't want to be a professional dancer. Mm. Uh, And just going with your brother and sister as well, I think that that they've both gone on a little bit of a different um, trajectory to find where they wanted to be as well. So as much as as a parent you might go, oh, no, she wants to be a professional ballerina, I'm going to make sure that that happens. It's not about you. Mm. It's about them and it's about them allowing themselves time to find where they want to go because it may not be right for them and the universe may be telling them it's not right for them but they've got a pushy parent in the background saying, you are going to be this. I haven't given up all this, you know, to make this happen. And then when it doesn't happen, not only do you have a parent who's sad but you also have a child who's dreadfully sad. And feels like they've let down their, their they parent. They do, they do. And we've both seen that. And that's an incredibly terrible position to have a child in. Hmm. So I think it's very important for children to have the guidance of their parents and, and also to have the guidance of people around them that are supporting them uh, in their field that they love whether it's ballet or golf or cricket or basketball that you take advice from those professionals and they will tell you honestly hopefully yeah whether you they think your child has potential and if they don't give you the answer that you want it's not wise to move on to someone until they do give you the answer you want most definitely because you eventually will get the answer you want you want but you know, at what cost? That's right. And at what cost to the child, which yeah. is um, not okay. With big goals like, you know, little Sally wants to be a professional ballerina and little Jack wants to be a professional golfer. I think it's really nice to have such big grand goals. And, you know, it's not good to squash a dream. And I was thinking about just this morning, that's why it's not in your notes, mum. Mum was so nervous about this that I was told I had to give her notes. This wasn't in your notes, sorry, mum. But you used to say to us all the time, remember, shoot for the moon, even if you miss your land among the stars. I did, I did. Okay, I see the moon as those big goals. Like, I want to be a ballerina. But if you take that, like, beautiful little saying... And as lame as this sounds, I feel like I've landed amongst the stars. Oh, Do you know I what I mean? I too. didn't. I didn't hit that. I didn't hit the moon, but I'm much happier in the stars. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. 
And I would have to say that that's one thing as a parent that I am very proud of, both your dad and I, that I think all three of you have landed in the stars. I really do. Yeah. Do you like that little analogy of mine? I do. That's I very do too. Cute. I'm going to use it all the time now. Yep. When people say, oh, little Sally wants to be a ballerina. Like, that's nice. <laughs> oh, ballet just can bring so many more things to a child than just being a professional dancer. Yeah. I mean, it's the love of music and the love of dancing and to watch their little faces and some of them, you know, they, they just are so happy when they leave a ballet class and that's what it's about. Mm. And apart from the fact that it, it makes you incredibly disciplined and um, focused and oh my goodness, out of all my three children, you're the one that is very organised, always on time, I think always <laughs> neat, always tidy, punctuality is foremost in everything that you do. And I think that in itself for anybody that wants to go on to further education at university or in their chosen professions, that's an absolute 10 out of 10 being having that. Yeah, I, I definitely credit ballet to a lot of my personality but like you like it you said just earlier you know ballet and dance makes children so incredibly happy and that you know makes you really happy I was really really happy um until you know your child went down at 15 to study ballet by herself down at the Aussie Ballet School um and things kind of fell apart do you do you regret letting me go Oh, I sure did. Um, I It was very hard for me that time because you were 15 and there was a lot of pressure for you at 14 to go down and I managed to hold it off for a year and then having people calling me and saying, mm, we want her again this year but if you don't let her go this year, she may not be offered a spot next year. And So there was pressure there. Uh, it's very different now because they do have a boarding facility. Yeah. But at your time, sending a 15-year-old to live in a city um, two states away, or even though you were set up very well with two other 15-year-olds and you did have parents pop down occasionally to see how you were all travelling, it was very difficult because you had to balance school and education and education has always been incredibly important to both um, myself and my husband and that had to be balanced out on a on six days a week so you had Sundays basically to look after yourself and do your washing and ironing and cooking and cleaning and 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 that was really hard and you'd that, always call me and you go did you do something fun today as well did you go to the I movies did. did you do this did I you did. do that and, and that was that was important to me too and I just felt that you just weren't getting the balance there that a 15-year-old needs to, to have. Um, I personally, um, and I know that you loved being part of the uh, International Junior Program and yeah. you were there from a, as a 12-year-old and you just could see bright lights and the Australian ballet and the beautiful floors because you'd never danced in a beautiful studio. No. So you'd go to Queensland Ballet and Australian Ballet and and they, the schools and you would have these beautiful floors that you would think you were a kangaroo and bounce mm. all over and yeah. loved it. So that was hard but um, I, if I had have said no... I think 
I probably would have ended up with a very, very unhappy young girl for quite a few years, even though we did have very good teachers in place in Queensland, that probably would have taken you where you did want to go eventually. Mm. But and and with a bit more patience. Yes. Yeah. And you weren't patient. I wasn't. And you and you needed to stay in mainstream education and as I will tell every parent that works walks through my door, do not take your child out of mainstream education. It's just such a wonderful opportunity and a grounded opportunity to give them everything they can still do their dancing on the outside and you and I both know some very beautiful professional ballerinas who would have been professional ballerinas whether they went to school right through to year 12 or not because they naturally have absolutely everything that is needed yeah and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is it doesn't matter what there's no rush is what I'm trying to say. If you have the legs and the feet and the drive and the body type and the rhythm and the music and, and the, you know, yep, and the right mentors and the right teachers and the right training, if a if a ballet company wants you, they want you and they don't care how old you are. And I think sometimes it's like, no, you have to be on the circuit and out of school and training at 16 and you really don't. No, you don't. There's and, no rush. And I think as a parent, you need to go with your gut instinct. And if your gut instinct for your child is that this is what they do, then you go with it. My gut instinct with you was that you stayed home, but we let you go. <laughs> However, I was very quick when you were 17 and a half to say, I don't think this is the right environment for you. Yeah. I think you, because on the Sunday that you did have off, you were hanging out at Melbourne University's library. And I and said to my you, goal had changed. All of a sudden, I, I remember I said to you, I was like, I want to be a uni student. And you're like, well, Georgia, that... And at the time, like, now you can be in a company and sort of, sort of um, study part-time. But I wanted the the experience of going to lectures and being in the university grounds and you were like well Georgia that's not going to go with being a professional ballerina you have to choose and so and and it was a in, in the end it was quite an easy decision for you to come home because as a parent I was saying to you it's okay to mm. I think you need to come home and you made that decision very very quickly which but was you, me just giving you the okay to say, come home? Yeah, but you know what allowed me to make that decision quickly was because you said, it's your decision. Exactly. And I think we have witnessed there was quite a few people in my year level at down in Melbourne who we have witnessed parents who said to their children who had similar thoughts to mine, well, it's not your decision. We've paid so much money your training and given up so much for you that this is our decision you're staying so I guess like thank you for letting me make that decision you know myself you're welcome you're welcome very proud you got to go to university and and um and come out with your degree which has helped you with your business immensely and and it's funny how things come full circle like if you just 
let it like if you don't fight it do you know what I mean like if you just let it be and you let it work and there's a few people in that situation that I was just talking about where it wasn't their decision and their parents forced them to continue and I feel like they're still trapped in the same cycle whereas I feel a lot more like freer and it's funny Mm. it's come full circle I'm back in the ballet world but of my own accord yes so and it just in a different way and and I think in a very um in a very passionate way I think you love dance more just as much today as what you did when you were a three-year-old just differently just totally differently that's kind of all I had to say mom and like and see you've you're very wise and you're a lot you're a fantastic parent and hmm? I thought you you were going to talk about a Steadfords oh I was going to talk about a Steadfords but but I I thought you might not want to well do you want to give your advice for parents out of Steadfords? Sure. <laughs> sure. See, you didn't want to do the podcast and now and now you're like, let's do another 10 minutes. Oh, no, no, no. I just thought it was important because um, it's something that has changed over the years. And as we were both discussing, Steadfords seem to be on steroids. And I always say to, to our parents, just let your child enjoy it. Um, let them enjoy performing and let them enjoy being a part of everything and I mean one thing that I used to say to you when you performed which I think is really important at the end of it I didn't care whether you placed or whether you you got a trophy I'd say Mm. how do you feel that you went Mm. and you would always say to me "Mm, I think I did okay I could do this better and which is exactly what I say to students when they come back I don't ask what place they get I said how do you feel about your performance and I think the self-analysis is something that's imperative to teach a child because they're always going to improve on that and they know if they've practiced if they Mm. haven't practiced they know that they know that they're going to forget their routine or they're going to forget their steps and so to me that's one of the the most important things about a Steadfords but I also do get a little bit confused and probably saddened for for anybody involved in a Steadfords because there's a lack of respect that's gone out of there with not your not our studio but what I hear with others of just questioning the teacher's choreography and costuming why didn't and, you put this yeah. step in or the costuming or trust your teachers yeah. respect your teachers because they, well, they know I think what, what doing. you're getting at is when is when the they start going to lots of Steadfords and they watch other they get to watch other performers and they see on stage different choreography and they go they come back and go mm. why does little Sally not have an aerial flip back front blah 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 in her routine can you put that in because mm. that's the child that wins Mm. And see if you've got a teacher like myself, well, not putting that in because that child's going to have Mm. all sorts of issues down the track. And if that's what you want to do, go join gymnastics or find a different dance school that has unhealthy dance practices. So I see what you're getting at. It's important to to respect. And I think respect for your teachers and also um, we don't have this problem, but just respect for the adjudicators. The Mm. adjudicators, they're professionals and while they've seen your child dance today those those remarks are just things that your child should look at and and perhaps sometimes just go oh yep that's great advice 
Respect for the people that are on the doors because most of these are Steadfords are run by volunteers. volunteers. And it's not their fault that your music hasn't played or that, you know, your your um, child's running late. Just be respectful to them and, and be kind. And also my biggest bugbear is... Um, people that talk through adjudication oh. or come in during performances it's respect it's the rules terrible yeah. just respect respect it all um i think that's that's my my words of wisdom in relation to a steadfords and also it's not about the costuming it's about the dancing it really is mm. so that's my that's my words of wisdom there See, you are wise. I'm glad that um, you brought up the question that I, I left off because that, that's really important information right there. Well, Mum and I would love to hear any feedback you have. As always, Balanced Ballerinas podcast is an open discussion. Um, thank you so much, Mum, even though I had to twist your arm to do you this did. for me. But you, you are the most requested person, guest oh, for the podcast. I don't know why. Because you you mean a lot to me and, and people wanted to hear from you because you do you do deliver some nuggets of wisdom in the studio. So Well I think now you need to take me out and buy me a nice lunch. I've already bought you flowers. <laughs> You're pushing your luck. <laughs> nah, I can do that. Well, we're off to lunch. Everyone have a beautiful Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Yes, and give your mum a hug. <laughs>